Hello everyone. I'm going to preface this episode with a content warning. For listeners who are sensitive to crying, to anger, to trauma, violence, please listen at your own discretion. Other than that, we will continue on and start this episode. Hello everyone, this is a very different episode. I never thought I would come to record this, but I figured it would be the best that I would utilize the platform that I have to speak a little bit about all the stuff that's been going on. And... I have talked about it with my guests before, but I felt like this would warrant to have its own episode. So today, the day that I'm recording is the day after we know about these shootings um, in Atlanta, where we have six Asian women um, dead, um, and I have a lot of thoughts, as I'm sure many of my peers who are listening to it, or have, so it's a little difficult when I'm trying to talk to myself and trying to figure out all the stuff, because I don't know what to put my words into, and you're gonna see me just... Fumble my way. I... I feel so sad and... It's like... My my grandparents are not in the States to have these kind of risks where you see this attack on elderly. Um, My parents, my brother, are living in the Bay Area, which we have a big Asian population and community there. So even though, yes, there's a lot of crimes that have happened in the Bay Area, but I feel like in where they live, um, you don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know. That's the thing. Like, I think everyone who is Asian and, or everyone who's Asian walks out of their house wishing or hoping that everything was just going to be like a normal day. You just go out to get your groceries or just get some sun. You wear your mask and everything's going to be fine. And and that's not the case. That was not the case for so many people. And like, you you never wonder, like you, you wonder where like, oh, are you ever going to be this person who's gonna be there and and then you're thinking well maybe not like for me I'm living in the city like people are very aware I'm living in Manhattan but like who knows because like every time I walk out of my apartment I wonder like what does 
this person who looks me in the eye? What do they look and see from me? Like, what, what do they see? Do they see this Asian woman that's like, oh, she's so beautiful, like, she's so submissive, and like, and, and thinks about all these thoughts, and they don't really know that they're like sexualizing or fetishizing me, and and, and it's just a terrifying experience to be living in. And it sucks. Like, I don't think anyone would want to. Like, I'm sure all women, not just Asian women, feel this way sometimes. And it's 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 just such a numbing kind of feeling to feel. And I know, like, I probably just. I'm thinking about all this in just like tangents in some way, and I just. <laughs> I, I, I know I can, I'm safe, and I know like when I talk with my dad about this stuff, he's like, this is kind of this reckoning of a time where people are really trying to bring this awareness and he always says like oh the most important thing though is to take care of yourself and like recognize that these things are all things that have happened like internally like you you don't have to victimize yourself it's okay like you're safe and i keep that in my mind but i also know not people not everyone thinks that way And some people are really, really sad. So, yeah, I... Yeah, um... And I think, too, the Asian community people who are listening and looking for some sense of solace or like trying to feel like this is this is just one thing hopefully the next day will be better it's okay like you don't have to feel like you can wake up the next day and feel like shit like <laughs> I literally spent my whole day just figuring out how to like advocate and try to like get my work done, write my screenplay, and I felt so stuck. <laughs> but I really appreciate all the people who have reached out to me to ask if I'm okay and if there's anything I could they could do to help I really appreciate it um thank you for keeping me and the Asian American Pacific Islander community in mind I really appreciate it because 
I don't know if I've mentioned it over here, but sometimes it can feel really alone when you're advocating for all the things that have been going on and you feel like you're screaming into a void or am I thinking way too much? And that's not true. You're not thinking too much. Because if if you really are, and if I really am, why why am I feeling all these emotions? And again, thank you so much. And for people who are listening to it and listening to this podcast, and they feel like there was no one who reached out to them. They felt like they were screaming into a void. I want to say I hear you and it's okay. I'm here to support you through this microphone and my laptop. (laughs) And I love you very much. I don't know where you are, but I hope when you listen to this, you will feel okay. I'm so proud of everyone who's been speaking out. No matter like how much you like how many followers you have from like 70 or 100, 200, I really appreciate the support. And you know there's actually people who do listen to you. Um, they might may not just tell you about that, that they care, or they're reading everything you're writing, or listening to what you're saying, like, I think everyone does, and I think a huge part comes with, as long as you're willing to not be shy, or scared of taking up space, there will always be people who will listen to you. Yes, there will always be people listening to you. Hello, everyone. That segment you just listened to was filmed, recorded on March 17th. And now it's March 23rd, Tuesday. Almost a week. I have many emotions, even after quite a few days. And I feel very frustrated and sad and blocked and it's hard for me to record this episode I don't even know where exactly it's going to end but I must say though I feel a lot of frustration in my surroundings currently we are in a global pandemic so I can't necessarily see my peers but Even if I were to see them, I feel like I would be disappointed. 
it took a whole massacre for us to stop all the silence. But also when we come to starting conversation and engaging in conversation, I find myself only with few people able to have a conversation like this. Yesterday, I had my Asian American woman class. I was like thinking to myself, wow, for me to have this class at this time, how suitable it is. And my professor, Stephanie Shu, had the names of the victims on the board. We took time to pronounce their names correctly, give space to know a little bit about who they are, listen to to anyone's missing you. And Professor Shu gave us space to talk about our experience and hold space for all this. I have not had any other class talk about this at all. After that class, I had a Korean cinema unity and disunity class and we didn't talk about it at all. I find myself in my own space thinking about all these incidents, not only the mass shooting, but also all the elderly, all the young people who have been killed, who have been hurt, who have been called names. And I can't help but feel this pain. And it sucks because I feel like I have to be a certain way when I'm in my classroom and then take my own time to settle with a grief on my own time. I was fortunate to go to the Columbus rally, which happened on Sunday. I also went to the Union Square Black and Asian Solidarity Rally, and I felt so grateful to be able to be around so many people who are standing there in solidarity. I think there was a whole lineup of incredible speakers, but we definitely highlighted that there was not enough Asian women speaking, not enough non-binary Asian people speaking. And I understand that within our community, we have a lot to advance forward into. I think the rally had a lot of things that we could remember and take as pointers for the next rally we are to have because 
those who are listening, this is not going to be a one and done thing. I think this movement is bringing out all the memories many of the people in the AAPI community are thinking back to all the microaggressions, all the gaslighting, all the pain that they didn't recognize that was actually living within their body and when they finally have the space to talk about it, they realize that there's really something that's going deep down inside. One of the speakers said that we don't need any more people saying, I'm so sorry, let me know if you need anything. I'm here for you. I mentioned in the beginning, in the first segment, saying how grateful I am for the people who have stood up or reached out to talk to me. And I genuinely appreciate it. I really do. But another thing I would implore each of the people who have asked me how I'm doing, if I'm doing okay, let me know. I'm here for you to please also read up on the history of how America has treated people in the AAPI community, the Asian American Pacific Islander community, because this is not an isolated incident. All these incidents are not an isolated incident. They all trace very strongly back to America's history of Orientalism, of racism, of xenophobia. I talked about this on my Instagram, but I really wanted to bring a story. When me and Kelly went to go on the march and we saw this lady who was speaking in Cantonese to us. I don't understand Cantonese, I only know Mandarin, but Kelly understood and replied her. She asked, where did you get the signs that we were holding? And eventually, as the conversation went, she was like, okay, let me go to the store. I know the store owner. And is it possible if you two could write some of the signs for me? My daughter is in Syracuse, for university and she told me to go to the rally. An uncle was there. He was talking to her saying like, oh yeah, just take the photos, take the photos of their rally signs so then you know what to write. But she was like, no, 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 I want you two to write for us, so. And then a bunch of aunties and even the store owner came out giving us posters and yeah the uncle was so happy he was giving us compliments as like <laughs> I just felt so at home you know like all these compliments saying like oh wow your Chinese is so good oh you're so pretty like you know that those are things that like my my aunts and uncles would do when I came to came back to Taiwan or like my mom's friend would say to me and I missed 
it made me miss Taiwan. It made me miss all this familial closeness. You know, this reminds me. My friend said before, living in Taiwan, the thing is that you're so, you're in such close proximity to people. People know your every business, but it also goes to show that they really care. Whereas in the States, because land is so big, people are more private and they don't like to share as much about their personal things. Anyways, continuing to the story. The uncle said, If I directly translate it, I would say the closest is fate. I looked into some translations. It says fated to be together, but not no destined to be together, but not fated to be with each other. This word has such a culturally specific thing that even in the English language, as I try to explain it, it doesn't fully comprehend. But that is what I think about when I think about the AAPI community. I think about our cultural specificities and I speak as an East Asian, I am Taiwanese, so my experience cannot fully talk about the Central Asians, the South Asians, the Southeast Asians, because they have more stories to tell and that need to be told. But this collective, this family-oriented bond is something so intimate and so tightly connected in this community. And being as a student, as a woman, as an Asian American here in America, I can't help but feel like I am not in a collective community. I feel, I see the individualism, the selfishness. The, oh, it's not my problem. I can just go about my day. I booked a commercial, it's great. Um, I don't have the time to think or recognize someone, a community who is currently suffering. I don't have the time for that because I have X, Y, and Z lined up for me and I do not want to be listening to these news. And it's so upsetting to hear and see that. I can't even hear it. I'm literally most of the time on my Zoom and then I have my own space and then I connect with people that I care and I know who care about me. But I wonder, I wonder what other people are thinking in their minds. When we talk about allyship, 
thing is, we also need allies that are taking action in doing something. Either it be sharing stories on their platform, donating to their GoFundMes, having conversations about race, about the black community, about the Asian American Pacific Islander community, about things that are not just happening in the US but are happening outside of the US. People should be reading up on the Asian American Pacific Islander community, the books from the AAPI authors watching Asian American on PBS, if you can, supporting Asian artists, supporting Asian actors, supporting Asian films, because we're so often left out on the conversation of race. I have spoke about this in my class with my peers for a really long time. Asians are often sidestepped, often rendered invisible, not often talked about in the conversation. It almost makes me wonder, is my existence that something to be invisible of? Is my experiences that I go through something to be seen as invisible? To my Asian Americans, to my Asian internationals, to my Pacific Islanders, to everyone within the community, not just in the States, but in Asia as well. I think the responsibility we as individuals have is to read up on our history. And also recognize what are the privileges we may have as individuals. Because also something really important to recognize within our community, the AAPI community is class. And utilizing that your individual privilege that you may have, what can you potentially do to speak about the things that are going on for you? Your own experiences and how it can help. Or if you don't want to talk about your individual experiences, how can you amplify conversations within our own community to make people and make yourself feel like you're not invisible? with your own feelings and your own experiences because these are all not isolated things. We all collectively, to some degree, have, dis have some form of discrimination we have experienced. 
And only when we are able to speak up about our experiences do people finally recognize that this is actually an issue. There are finally so many people who are speaking out on their experiences, telling and talking about all the things that have happened, all the things that they've wondered, but they've never been able to put themselves into words on what they felt about it. And I think that is a responsibility I implore you to think about as an individual, 